to the Cultivate Network Podcast, where we're digging in, digging in on Christian living, leadership, and church planning. Here are your hosts, Jamie Couch and Anthony Waters. So here we are in the Christmas season once again, and in the news this week, uh, there was a very interesting article I read and saw a little video about, was a minister in America made the announcement that the Christmas story was insignificant, that it didn't matter that Jesus was born of a virgin, it didn't matter of where he was born at, that that was an insignificant event, and that all that people should really focus on is the death, burial, and resurrection. So I guess the question I have for you today, my good friend Jamie, is why should we care about the Christmas story? Why should we care about the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? If this man said that it's insignificant, why then does every church have an advent a season that leads up to the moment of Christ's birth. Why do we have candlelight services? Why do we celebrate Christ's birth? I will give you this caveat before I move forward. Mm. I believe for the child of God that Christmas is for every day of the year. Right, we as right. Christians, we celebrate Jesus' birth every day because he gave new birth to us. And I believe that we should celebrate that daily as children of God. So my question comes to you today. Once again, are you ready for it? I'm, I'm ready. All right, here you go. You're going to lead off on a very important topic today. Why do I care about the birth of Christ? 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. Really, I would start the conversation there. It, uh, Paul, Paul wrote to a young, a young minister who was going to get such questions. Oh. And he said, all, he said to Timothy, all Scripture is given by inspiration of mm. God, wow. to be profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, complete, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. I didn't anticipate you coming out hitting a home run right off the bat. So, <laughs> the answer to the, uh, the, 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 the guy who says that the virgin birth isn't important right. anymore, that the Christmas story isn't important anymore, there can be no cross Ooh. without a manger. Oh, wow. And, and in Genesis, the first few chapters of Genesis lay out the, the, the creation plan. Yeah. And God, why was it significant that God spoke to Satan himself and said that the, out of a seed of a woman, the virgin birth, right there, the very beginning of the Bible, it was planned. Why would Paul say that Jesus Christ was crucified from the foundation of the world? From the very mm. beginning of all things, he was crucified. So if, if the minister is going to the crucifixion and saying that's the, that's the only thing that matters, I would, also, I would also encourage one to actually read the Scripture to understand mm -hmm. that the, there is no crucifixion without that virgin birth. And the other question I would also follow that up with, Anthony, is this is that um that if 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 there's no virgin birth and that's insignificant how many people have been martyred so how easy would it be for there to be an imposter 
Hmm. How easy would it be for there to be an imposter if the, at the virgin birth? And then, you know, so then, then because that mindset minimizes the legitimacy or the necessity of the prophets. So all prophets, all prophecies, all, all, um, uh, all scripture is insignificant at that point. Wow. And so for us as believers, we have to, <clears throat> in, in the words of, of a wise man in the book of Revelation, eat the whole book. Mm. Yeah. I love it. Taste and see that the Lord is good, right? Yeah. So it's, uh, I agree with you 100%. I believe if it's insignificant, let's just dive, let's, right. just, keep, let's just keep eating here. <laughs> if it's insignificant, then why? Why was there so much prophecy about his birth? Why on earth would it have mattered where he was going to be born at? Why would we have named out Bethlehem? Why would that have been named out in Micah? Why would that, why, if it didn't matter in any way, shape, or form, why on earth was there so much Old Testament prophecy to lead to his birth? If it was insignificant, then why? So, what it boils down to here is that it is significant. Mm-hmm. It matters. The whole, we talked before we started podcasting, we were talking about this. I believe that the gospel of Jesus Christ be- begins in Genesis chapter one. And I believe that with all my heart. The gospel message truly is the birth, the death, the resurrection, and the life of Jesus Christ. The things that he did while he was here. And truly to be Emmanuel, God with us, right, with right. us. And it amazes me that we would have, uh, that that would even be said right. in, in, in the Christian world today that it was insignificant. So the, thinking about that, it's Anthony, crazy. That, that, that you said the words Emmanuel. Oh, yes. If, if, if Jesus was conceived in, in normal biological fashion. Yeah. How could he be Emmanuel with us? If the yeah. Holy Spirit hadn't conceived in within Mary, yeah, then then how could he be Emmanuel? How could he be fully God and fully man? So what you're saying he is would that, have been fully man. Yeah. So what you're saying is that is an important event. It has to be to understand that. If Jesus Christ isn't fully God and fully man, then who is he? Oh, then if that's the case, then he's like some other some other religions would say that he was a prophet. Yeah. He was just a good man that walked on the face of the earth. He mm. was just a prophet. But if the virgin birth be true, then let God be true and every man a liar. Mm. It's pretty strong. Strong. And, and, and Anthony, as you're talking about this, the Christmas story has a has a backstory. We yes. we have we have so much commercialized this holiday, even, oh, you know, in the world. I mean, it's obvious that you can see it all over. But then in the in the church, we have these traditions that we carry on, um, the, even the nativity that we put on on to um, our stages at Christmas plays <laughs> yeah. isn't necessarily biblically correct in most oh. cases. Oh. And, and that's not nitpicking our, our churches. They all mean that's, you know, we mean well. We do. We, we've all done. We've got a nativity in our church right now probably <laughs> that isn't necessarily. What I really like about ours is the lights behind it flash. <laughs> so it looks like there's a lightning storm going on behind it in the so cloud. You're saying it wasn't a silent night? <laughs> I'm telling you that the silence was broken 
by the multitude of the heavenly hosts mm. that proclaim the glory of God yeah. and the Shekinah glory of God shown round about. Yes. So we've gone through, guys, a a, a sermon series over the last few weeks, and today's going to finish mm. it up. Oh, you got me upset. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, you're stirred <laughs> up over there. You can't see excited. it, guys. He can't oh. sit in his seat. Mm. You know, let's, 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 let's back it up. And let's think about one of the one of the things that happened that that during that that night. Yeah, was the angels appeared to the shepherds? Oh, come on! Now this is where I was hoping you'd go. Oh, come on! You just made my day. The angels appeared for the shepherds. So and, and, go ahead. I, I got to say this. Ah. I'm gonna bust. After I get this out, I promise I'll let you speak. No, you're good. <laughs> so, you know, we sang the song "Silent Night, Holy Night." Mm-hmm. All righty. The shepherds, which were the outcasts, right. nobody wanted to be around shepherds. That was looked at as bad. Man, that's like the lowliest of all professions. Yep. These shepherds would have been intense. There would have been some that would have been sleeping, waiting for their watch to come up. There was some that was awake watching the shepherds. Truly, it was a silent night. Right. Little did they know what a holy night it truly was. The song's not wrong. No. Silent night, holy night. But the silence was shattered mm. in a moment of time oh, yeah. with the voice of the angel that, first of all, struck out all fear. Hey, don't be afraid. I bring you good tidings of, of great joy. joy. Mm. That shall be to all people, all lands, mm. all nations. Mm. Silent night was shattered in a moment by the voice of the angel. And then the multitude of the heavenly host with the Shekinah glory, that the brightness of his beauty mm. shone forth in a moment of time to the lowliest of people, the shepherds. <clears throat> why would he have, why, why, why would he have, why not present him to the king that was on the throne? Mm. Wake him up out of his sleep and said, hey, feller, you're going to lose your job. Mm. You are getting fired today. Because the king of kings has just been born. Why the lowly shepherds? Why the shepherds? And you can go oh, on. I'm question. sorry. That's no, another question no, for you, another day. You, <laughs> no, you laid that question up perfect. That's where I was actually perfectly where I was going to go. Well, God's in accord. I yeah, love it. See there. <laughs> Think about the shepherds. And I've always asked the question, why the shepherds? Why? It doesn't really necessarily seem random to me that God would. Guys, God doesn't do anything random. I love he it. doesn't do anything random. No, he doesn't. So... Where was David, let's go back, where was David, King David, where was he a shepherd boy at? He was from Bethlehem. Yeah. So, okay, there's a, there's a trend here, shepherds in Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. Why the trend? Bethlehem is about six miles south of of Jerusalem. Jerusalem is where the temple was. The temple was where that the lambs, the lambs were offered as sacrifice for the sins of the people. And who brought the lambs to Jerusalem to be sacrificed each year was the shepherds. So these shepherds, historically and biblically, were trained by the rabbinical order. The rabbis trained these shepherds to identify because lambs had to be. Remember the book of Deuteronomy. Remember the book, you know, all the law. The lamb had to be perfect, spotless, without blemish. And and so the, these these lowly shepherds were actually rabbinical trained experts mm-hmm. in identifying perfect lambs. Oh. So why why was Jesus why was the the shepherds why were they summoned to go look at baby Jesus? 
They were summons there because they were they were coming to signify that they were not only they were trained by the rabbinical order to identify the perfect lamb. When they laid eyes on him, they laid eyes on the last lamb, oh. the last lamb. Millions and millions and millions of lamb had gone over the centuries to Jerusalem to be slain for the sins of the people. But they were laying eyes on the last lamb. And when they saw him, they would have said that that night, he is perfect. Amazing. He is perfect. And, you know, even they were trained how to wrap the lambs up because they had to get them. They couldn't fall. And you've seen when baby baby animals, horses, lambs, you know, whatever, are born, they're wobbly and they're shaky. And if they fall, they get injured. And so these these shepherds were trained to wrap up these baby lambs in swaddling clothes. Hmm. And lay, they had a little trough they would lay them in to, to keep them safe and warm. And, and, and whole. And so when they laid eyes on Jesus, laid in the manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes, he was truly the Lamb of God. And so they were like, so why the shepherds? Because they were there to proclaim the perfection of the last Lamb. Man. Amazing. <clears throat> how exciting. You know, how exciting is that, truly? It is amazing to me as you sp- spoke of the swaddling clothes. It's interesting from what that means. Did you, did you swaddling clothes were basically straps, just strips of cloth, just basically torn rags, and they were taken and they were wrapped. Oh, wow! The Savior of the world wrapped in rags, wrapped in rags. Hmm. But it's insignificant, according to this guy this week. Hmm. That's insignificant. Why would we rejoice at that? Why would we see symbology in that? Why would we see anything in that if it's so insignificant? Mm. That's insignificant. It was insignificant that he presented him to shepherds that were of the Levitical order, the rabbinical order that could come forth and lay eyes on the perfect spotless lamb. It didn't matter. The Bible should just delete that out. It's not for today's church. It doesn't matter. Everything, <laughs> everything in the word matters. So, okay, yeah. let's let's think about um, let's think about the star. Okay, you you know the this I like the star of Bethlehem, yes, right? as, like. as, as many would call the star of Bethlehem. <laughs> the backstory. Yep. Think about the prophecy of uh, in, in Micah that Micah gave that that Bethlehem, oh oh little town of Bethlehem, mm-hmm. right? Bethlehem, Bethlehem, Euphrata. how yep. small you are yep. among the nations. That's right. But great you shall be. And, and, and he, he's prophesying that Jesus will be born in Bethlehem. Okay, yeah. back up a little bit. Okay, the prophecy said that Jesus will be born in Bethlehem, come from Nazareth, yep. and come out of Egypt. Seems impossible. How? That seems how? impossible. How could it happen? Yeah. Okay, it seems just incredibly impossible. Yeah. And matter of fact, if you didn't know the if we weren't looking at the story from this end of the story, yep. if we were looking at the story from that end, we right. would have said one of you guys is wrong. Somebody wrong. Somebody's wrong. Maybe all three <laughs> of you are wrong. Yeah. Because it seemed like it was contradictory. Right. But it wasn't. It was confirming this this journey that Jesus would take. So uh, the the prophecy there was about 700 and some odd years pr- prior to um, uh, the, the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem. At that moment, okay, Fast forward, the wise men following the star, following the star to where Jesus lay, right? You know, we all know that part of the story. Mm-hmm. 
but that star was a moving star. That star was mm. was not in the sky before. These guys, these magi, were astrologers. That were they were they studied the stars. They knew this was a new star. Yeah. It hadn't been there before. Yeah. So so <laughs> the speed of light, the speed of light, thousand miles per second per second. It would have taken okay if the star would have turned on when the prophet Micah spoke that word. Yeah which would have led the wise men, the Magi, to Jesus. It would have taken 700-some-odd years for the light to travel to earth. So the all from the, from the time the prophecy was given to the time the wise men saw the light setting over that baby Jesus or saw the light from the east, that it was on the way, but nobody saw it. it was, the light was traveling that fast at the speed of light. You know, millions and millions of miles per second traveling towards earth but nobody knew it but one day the light was revealed the light just turned on and they were like that's a new star let's follow that and then then they remembered (laughs) i I get excited about this part they (laughs) they remembered that okay these guys would have been from babylon Remember, the children of Israel were exiled into Babylon during the fall of of Israel, right? So they were they were they were under captivity, placed into exile in Babylon. Daniel in the lion's den, you know the story. Yeah. Daniel was there, risen up to be a great leader after the lion's den, and 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 one of the one of the chief leaders. And matter of fact, they forced him to be a part of the this school of astrologers and this this, this educational uh, intricacies in Babylon. And Daniel refused to ad- adopt their modern, you know, twisted theology that was not even biblical at all. But yet he fed them with truth. He spoke truth into them. He told them about a coming king. He told them about the prophecies of the Messiah. He told them about the coming restoration of Israel. And then they remembered it. Hmm. And so these magi that came, these astrologers, <laughs> they remembered for centuries and centuries. They remembered the words that Daniel had said, and they're like, oh, "It's happening! It's happening!" There's a scripture as you were going through that that my mind went to, and how beautiful this is, and I think it fits in so perfectly. I love how the scripture it always interprets scripture. It does. I love that. So the book of John, chapter one, very familiar scripture. It says this. And this is in starting really in verse 4 and verse 5. And this speaks of the deity of Christ. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness. <laughs> and the darkness comprehended it not. Wow. Mm. But those that were watching, right. they knew that there was something different. There's a new star and that star is different than any star we've ever seen. Yeah. That star is moving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One thing about the church today, he's still the light and he's still shining in the darkness. The darkness can't comprehend it. And guess what? The light's still moving. The light's still moving forward. And we as the church are moving forward after him. Ah. Uh. We're still following after him. Think about the characters oh. in that story. Anthony. Oh. The Magi were Gentiles that knew nothing about God. They weren't accounted by the <laughs> Hebrews and by the mm. by the rabbis to be anything at all. They were worthless. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's worthless. you and I. That's you and I. That's right. Following yeah. by faith a star that we see. The star is Jesus Christ. Yep. Then you think about you. You, you said that, that it shineth in darkness. Yeah. And the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. The Pharisees. Oh. 
<laughs> yes. The religious leaders, they could yes. recite the prophecies word by word yes. by word. They could recite the law word yes. by word. Yes. Yet the light was among them. The mm. star was in the sky. They didn't even look. They couldn't even see it. They, they knew blind. that Micah had prophesied that. Yes. They wasn't even no. looking. Six mile walk. from Jerusalem was laying baby Jesus in a manger, what they had talked about, studied about, prayed about, taught about for years and years and years. And yet they were blind and could not see afar off. (sighs) You know, you think Mm. about it, you know, they they knew. Yeah. They had knowledge. Yeah. But they denied the power of God there. Two. Oh, oh. Mm. Think about oh. it. I mean, you know, the, oh. the, the the Gentiles, the one who didn't have the knowledge, they didn't. They they, they were clinging on to hope. Yeah, they were clinging on to man. There's got to be something more in this world. That's we right. looked at the stars, and the stars ain't teaching us anything. Yeah. The 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 Babylonian, the all the, the 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 polytheism that is that is adept here in Babylon, and and there's no truth and reality to any of it. They're all dead gods, and they knew that there was something different about the situation. Oh. They knew the story that Daniel survived the lion's den miraculously. Right. But their gods, there's no stories for their gods. There's no power behind their gods. But they remembered that story. And wow, in, in, in that, that, that small, tiny bit of faith drove them to 900 miles, four-month <laughs> travel on the back of a camel to follow this star to see this baby. You've heard the saying, I'm sure, wise men still seek him today. Mm. It's so true. Mm, mm. And as we were talking, as we started this off, you spoke out of Timothy, which was what a great segue into the whole conversation this morning. But I thought of this. First Corinthians 1 and 25 says this, because the foolishness of God Mm. is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. (laughs) The foolishness of God is wiser than men. Most people, if you told them this, this story, they think it's foolish, but the foolishness of God Mm. is wiser than men. The wisdom of the world cannot understand him. No, they can't comprehend him. They try to wrap him up. They try to, they try to silence it. They try to tell you that it's insignificant. My friend, the birth of your savior is significant. It matters. It is not just some random story. I'll say this, and then I'll then I'll turn it over to you to end us. If you look in the book of Luke, chapter two, it says this as it starts out. This beautiful scripture. Here's what it says: As we speak of Jesus's birth, and it came to pass in those days. Notice what it did not say: Once upon a time. Luke flat out said, this is what happened. This is a fact. This is not some fairy tale that happened that I can tell you as a nursery rhyme or a bedtime story. It came to pass. I love that. And there's so much significance in that. And I'm so thankful today that his birth matters. And it matters because we have a true Savior that we can track back his origin. We know where he came from. We know his lineage. We know everything about him. There's no other religion, falsely in any way, shape, or form, that can track their Savior the way that we can. It matters. It's important. 
And as children of God today, we celebrate the birth of our Savior, the life of our Savior, the death of our Savior, and the resurrection of our Savior as he sits upon the throne of God with on the right hand of God, still making intercession for you and for me. He's still God. He's still Christ. He's still in control. And wise men still seek after him today. Mm. Finish this up, buddy. The summation, <laughs> the summation of this. Yeah. Think, okay, Herod. Yeah. King of the most powerful empire that the world had ever seen to that point. Yeah. The Roman Empire, ruling and reigning, tyrants, mm-hmm. evil, vile, yeah. powerful, pomp, arrogant. Oh, yeah. When he heard by these magi that this baby king was born, was going to be born, yeah. rage. Oh, yeah. Fear, insecurity. That's right. Jesus Christ is, was, and will be the most intimidating name (laughs) that this planet Earth has ever encountered. So true. He was shuddered. He shuddered from the core with his insecurity and fear at the mention of his name, Jesus. Yes. And then, so this this child king, who these magi were saying, I don't know who he is, but I know he's important. I know it's a big deal. Yeah. So I'm going to bring him gifts and I'm going to worship him. (laughs) Yeah. The Pharisees chose not to worship him six That's miles right. away, yeah. but the unbelievers chose to walk, chose to, to to go nine hundred miles to worship somebody who they didn't even know. That's right. This king. So, going through the gospel story, and I, I, you got to make I got to make this short, but they expected Jesus to rise up and be the king that yep. that, that prophecies. So, the Pharisees they they kind of hoped it was real. Yeah. But they really doubted that it was real. Yeah. Because he, he took away from their their um uh, uh the shininess of their Absolutely. standing out. Yeah. And um when as he ascended to Jerusalem, he bypassed the palace. Yeah. And he went to the temple <laughs> because he had to set things in order there first. Yeah. Because he was a he was a priest king. Mm-hmm. Different than any other king, That's a priest a king. That's right. So, so he bypassed the palace, and when he did, they were all shouting, Hosanna, 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 Hosanna in the highest. What they were saying in that moment mm-hmm. was, save us now, save us save now, save us, save us now. now. Save us from a political standpoint. Yep. Be our president. Be our yep. king. That's Kill right. these people. Yep. And then he bypassed it and went to the tabernacle because, he, because there is no power without appropriate strength strong, deeply rooted theology, the rightly aligned. So he was fixing that first. So that's a big story that I just summed up in real short time. (laughs) So there's a lot more to say about that, but not enough time here. Fast forward, John placed on an island to die. Mm Mm-hmm. He starts seeing visions and he starts he starts hearing voices and and he starts writing down what he sees. Yeah. In Revelation nineteen he wrote this down. (laughs) And he he heard he hears this voice of thunder. Yeah. And he, he said, and he said unto me, write, write, write this down, John. Yeah. Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. Remember what Jesus laid in the manger as the Lamb of God? Identified by the shepherds as the perfect Lamb sacrifice. And he said unto me, these are true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet and I worshiped him. And he said unto me, see thou do it not, for I am a fellow servant and thy servant that have the testimony of Jesus, worship God, not me. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now get this. Then he turned, then John turned, and he saw, because if John had been worshiping him, he wouldn't have saw what he was getting ready to see. So sometimes, guys, when we worship the wrong thing, 
our focus becomes on a person, hmm. we miss what the revelation that God is going to give us. Yeah. So John, he changed his focus, worship God. And he said, I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. And he that sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns and had a name written that no man knew, but he himself. He was clothed and with a vesture dipped in blood for his and his name is called the word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him on white horses, clothed in fine linen and white and clean. And out of his mouth goes a sharp sword. And with that, he would smite the nations and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of almighty God. And get this, baby Jesus, the baby child king, the intimidator of Herod. (laughs) And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written. King of kings and Lord of lords. King of kings and (laughs) Lord of lords. So is it significant? You better believe that every ounce of this story from Genesis all the way to Revelation is extremely relevant and significant. So grasp, grasp a hold of it. It's more than a gift. It's more than a... It's more than he's the reason for the season. He's the reason we exist. So as we move into this is celebrating Christmas this next coming week. And when you hear this podcast, it's probably going to be January. And that's okay. Because every day, every day, there is no Christmas season. No. There's a Christmas reason, and that is every single day. So so the next time you're, you you see the nativity, I hope you look at it differently. When you see the, the shepherds and the wise men all there together, ah, probably wouldn't exactly that way. The next time you see baby Jesus wrapped in swaddling clothes, I hope you think about what Anthony said. The next time you see the star over the stable, I hope you think about the wise men and, and what that really meant. And, they, and the next time you see uh, the the Herod in, in the story of that's coming up in the Easter story, hmm. that's another Herod, but boy, the same lineage and the same mindset. Yep. So think, think of this Christmas story, how it all connects and you can't separate any part. So, guys, until next time, we appreciate you listening, and we love you, and Merry Christmas. Thanks for tuning in to the Cultivate Network podcast. Until next time, keep cultivating.